Vigue. Goons. Touch of all, Joe. It's only game. Hello and welcome everyone to the show that gets people talking about something else. This is Big Shine Goons and it's episode 17. I'm Rose Thomas and with me today is a co-host of two additional Berlin Girls and a big Canucks fan and member of so-called Canucks Twitter, uh, Grania Downey. Grania, how's it going? Really good. I can't believe you called out uh, two additional Berlin Girls. I'm thrilled. <laughs> Our super good podcast. I mean, more people should listen to it. It's I mean, I have to confess, it is in your just your Twitter bio, so it's just there. Yeah, yeah, just that's to get true. called that's out. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit of a mess. Also, you said my name right, which is always nice. Thank you. My Irish grandparents would be proud. Um, yes. Yeah. Perfect. Um, anyways, how's it going in uh, Vancouver and everything now? Ah, uh, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I think tomorrow a bunch of restrictions in theory lift. So, like you know things are not normal but we're going to be able to do a bit more it's 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 not so bad here and the weather's nice so going outside and doing stuff is super doable yeah that's so that's that eases the pain a little bit right yeah but the weather's good yeah. um anyways the speaking of not being good um the the hockey team <laughs> that's there uh oh yeah <laughs> how like how did did you enjoy this season at all? Was there any like bright spots to even talk about of just like or are you just glad it's done? Like for me, like I don't have cable, so I only watch games whenever I like have like want to make the effort to do it and like find a stream. So like for me it was kind of a fine season because I just tune in when I felt like it and like whatever, but like it it's a little like it's a little painful. Like I think the season ending made made me realize like oh my god like they've really been doing this for years like years. Yeah, there I the connection fans that I do follow there were like a lot of reflection and just like existential like what are we even doing right now? Like, yeah, like I think if if there had been like a change if Benning got fired. Mm-hmm. It would be like okay like they still probably won't be good but like at least they're gonna pretend to change something and it's like no like this has been like what seven years 2014 right yeah yeah so it, it is a little bit like what's the point like i don't blame any canucks fan for just being like i'm gonna support seattle like i obviously i can't do that because i like you know a cancer or whatever makes me <laughs> stupid loyal but like i i don't blame anyone for just like not wanting to bother because like they're never going to be good they're going to waste elias Pettersson and quinn hughes and then it's just like they'll have two new stars maybe if they're lucky and then they'll waste them and it'll just continue forever like they're they're not they're not going to do anything yeah it's almost like they're just cycling through like duos of young hope like it was Bo and brock for a little bit and then it was like <sighs> oh and then <laughs> yeah Pettersson and hughes and now it's like their contract negotiations are up they like it's all this like talk back and forth and that's the next big thing of just like probably the worst thing honestly of being a sports fan is talking about player contracts and like what they quote unquote deserve and all this under the cap stuff but it's just like that there's no real hope unless like they somehow just like everything follows their certain way because you kind of don't have that trust in the front office to attempt to go down this like a certain path right 
No, exactly. It's like they lucked in, like, I mean, they, the great pick with Pedersen, like I'll give whoever convinced Benning to do that props, like great pick. But like, other than that, like, and Besser was a good pick. Mm-hmm. They lucked into Quinn Hughes, but it's like, okay, so if that's their like strong suit drafting, it's like they still have Jake Furtanen and like Ollie Ulevi, who might be an NHL defenseman, but like based on the fact that he plays for the Canucks, he's an NHL defenseman, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> he's in the NHL. This is, t- this is a team where our best defensive defenseman is Alex Edler, who's like old, like he's old as hell. He can't skate anymore. And it's like, well, he's better than everyone else defensively. And it's like, well, how? Like, how? <laughs> so funny thing is you bring up Edler because I had I had Jackson McDonald on the show. And I think we were talking oh, yeah, yeah. about, I think it was, we were talking about the Edler-Simmons fight. I think it was around oh, then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, then he was like, do you know, do you know Grania? Yeah, like she will defend like Edler to her grave. So like, I wonder yeah. if like we want to talk about oh. that. <laughs> absolutely i will he's i don't know you know how you pick a favorite player when you're 12 yeah yeah and you like there's no reason for it you're just like that one mm-hmm. i don't know why my brain said that but i i'll defend him to my grave and you know what he's done nothing wrong really like it's not his fault he's old <laughs> he's just a gentle giant and maybe it's just like for me, that player was Thomas Kyberle growing up in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, I guess, the same vibe of like a very gentle, like, teammate that doesn't even like try to be in the spotlight at all. Like, he just wants no, to play not. hockey and just like shut up. So, and it was nice to, even though it was against uh, Vancouver in 2011, but it was, mm-hmm. it was nice to see him <laughs> get a cup. But I'm happy. I'm happy for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But 10 think, years ago tomorrow. Oh my God. Yeah. Jeez. That was that that day. Yeah, I remember watching. I think it was in a bar playing pool or something, and it was like on the background. I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, I guess you could talk about that quickly. Where were you in 2011? <laughs> so, I was like 16. So I like didn't love going downtown by myself just because, like, you know, I'm a baby. But the first like, every game in the final that I was downtown for, they had won. And then every game I wasn't downtown for, I'd watch it at home. They lost. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to be downtown. And so I went downtown and then like, it was too busy. I literally, I don't think I saw a single goal of that game. And I went home like in the second intermission. By the time I got home, it was like over. So I like didn't even watch the game and I'm probably better off for it. But yeah, I, I, I don't remember anything other than just like crushing, crushing sadness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I can't, I couldn't even imagine. Like I've, Obviously, being in Ontario kind of forces your mind to go to the Leafs and like kind of just laugh, oh, yeah. laugh whenever anything happens to them. But I've seen so many takes of like this is the worst like thing ever, like five straight first round exits, whatever. And it's like I feel like being there in Game Seven of the Finals and losing is worse than like ten straight first round exits. Like no, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think like it, it gives you something to hang your hat on in the sense that like yeah the Sudines never won a cup but like they came close enough that it's like you know a couple thousand calls gone differently in the final they, they'd have a cup but like I think like we're like you look at like Connor McDavid it's like that, he's never done anything in the playoffs so like 
maybe you know i think you have to you have to at least get to a final to have like something to hold on to because lots of players don't win a cup but like it's definitely more painful like i i i think you you can laugh like right now i can laugh at the canucks but whenever they were like good and still lose it's just sad like it's just like oh my god (laughs) yeah anyways (laughs) awful (laughs) yeah just anyway speaking of I guess sports fandom and sports sadness. Something that's not so sad is that you're also a lead supporter. Yeah. And they had an amazing season comparatively. They did. Um they did. Yeah. So how like was Leeds like a childhood? Was it like a family team for you? Yeah, yeah. So like I will be completely honest, I have not watched Leeds in like whatever ten plus years. Cause uh Oh. why would i you know yeah, it's, a, um, <laughs> it's impossible to watch the championship yeah. yeah like why bother and they like championship at best for leads right mm-hmm. yeah exactly and so yeah um my dad grew up a fan of them because of some i'm sure there was an irish guy on the team <laughs> his brother ended up a celtic fan so like i don't know but um <laughs> but yeah so he was always a leads fan and then like the first soccer player i remember being conscious of is um alan smith which mm-hmm. is like the stupidest player in the world. Like, I, I don't know if he was even that good, but in my head, he was like very, very good. Um, and then they sucked forever. And, you know, my dad would keep up with them and my little brother would kind of, but um, yeah, then they, they got promoted and we all get to jump back, back, back on the bandwagon and it's been so fun. And they're actually like so fun to watch. Like it, it's, it's really good soccer. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, it's, it was really fun actually being able to just sort of, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for all the hardcore Leeds fans who had to suffer through all of that and now get this wonderful reward of, you know, a top 10 finish and like, you know, some respect around the league and blah, blah, blah. But like, for me, it's just, it's just really fun. Yeah, honestly, like being it's not at the same point, but being like a Liverpool supporter and having to go through like terrible managers and like Mm -hmm. absolute terrible ownership and like and then going down into into the bottom 10 or like the bottom half of the table for a little bit and then climbing back up into kind of the top six the big clubs or whatever um it's not the same as like relegation obviously but uh but yeah it's like it just feels good to be like back on the top and kind of where they were before um yeah and I think for Liverpool as well, like that kind of moment of, oh my God, is it going to be taken away from them with COVID? Like it was oh so nice to see them win. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't, obviously I'm not a Liverpool fan, but yeah. like I've always liked enough players on the team that I end up going for them in like finals and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's like, thank God. Like that would have been so tragic. Yeah, I was, I was terrified. And I have like United supporters as like oh, relatives. God. Yeah. So they're yeah. like on my tail of just like oh they're they're frauds they're like asterisk cut like asterisk championships yeah, exactly. like no come on exactly. please don't take this away give from us me. this yeah oh that's my thing as well like I think uh, you lose in a final you will take any asterisk championship ever oh like, yeah if the Canucks had won last year which like would have been hilarious but like and it would have been like oh well like COVID blah 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 it's like yeah great I'll take it I will take a COVID championship I'll take it. Yeah, and like really, any championship has like asterisks around again. Like I'm sure, like right. oh, this shot doesn't go in in the first round. Like I, the one, the one championship out like that I've actually been in the city for was, well, I guess not technically in the city, but the Raptors when they won mm-hmm. in 2019, and it was like 
literally if Kawhi Leonard doesn't make that shot in game seven against the Sixers, like there's so many little like domino yeah. effects e things with like every championship, like injuries or whatever. Um Yeah, sports are all luck, even yeah. if they're not. Like to some degree it is. So like you just yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, speaking of luck also, I'm just going on segues like crazy here. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Euro twenty twenty. Are you watching okay. any of the tournament? I am. Um, I do work like Monday to Friday, so I miss mm-hmm. essentially any of those games. But um, I got up at six both week week weekend days to watch the games, and my friend thinks I'm an idiot for it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so you did get but to yeah, it's been fun. You did get to enjoy Calvin Phillips play really well for England, though. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was wonderful to watch, and like my thing with England is like I obviously don't want England to win. Yeah. Like I'm actively hoping they lose, but I really like it when they get out of the group stage because it. it it's a bit like the Leafs. Like, it's better when they're good because you know so many fans. You know, you know, it's like it's fun whenever there's a buzz around them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm going for England until like the group stage, and then like, or the group stage is over once they're in the actual like playoffs or whatever. Like, then they can lose. But yeah, yeah. it always feels icky like to me cheering for England. I guess because then you're like on the same side as a lot of fans that usually of teams that you hate. I don't know if that's just like, like a personal yeah. thing. But. No, I totally get that. I think it's it's even like, I think Canadian hockey, where like, it's fun mm. to cheer for Canada, like go Canada. But then it's like, oh, like, but we always win. Like, we're kind of the worst. And then, oh, like, how am I cheering for the same people that the Oilers? You know, like, it's, yeah. it's like that, right? Oh, man. Now I'm just picturing if like, hockey Canada or like Canadian hockey and international championships had like the same rate of success as England. How like oh my God. panicked Canadian media would be, that. like they'd be because they'd, we win, right? Yeah, yeah. they'd be oh. just beside themselves, just like trying to think well, of everything. I was in England for the majority of the last World Cup, mm. and um, it made me act, like fully want England to keep winning because it made me realize like oh my God, these poor men. Like I know they're all millionaires, but it was just like holy shit. Like yeah. the pressure was insane. Like. It's all they talked about, which like makes sense. But it was also like in a way where it was like, when they lose, it will be like a national day of mourning. And it was the day we flew out, so we missed that. But it was like, it's the, the it is like if Canada hockey sucked for sixty years. Yeah, honestly. Oh, yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Are there any like specific teams that you're really going for, other than kind of England to get out of the groups? Like. No, like I, I, I really don't have much affiliation with anyone. Like I obviously I hope the Leeds players do well, but mm-hmm. even that's kind of like like whatever. Poland doesn't really <laughs> matter to me. Um I I like an underdog, but even that it's like, yeah, like sometimes the underdogs are like teams like Austria, and it's like I don't care about Austria, you know? Yeah. So um so yeah, I, I picked I I did my bracket, but uh I kind of panicked because my brother picked Italy and then I didn't want to pick Italy because he had picked Italy. And then I was like, Oh, I can't do Germany. They won too recently. And then I was like, Oh shit, I'm left with France. And they won even more recently. So I picked France, which seems stupid. But, um, so I guess, I guess for the sake of winning my, like the bracket thing I'm doing with my family, France, but like they just won. So yeah, yeah. I just want like crazy games. That's what I'm here for. I want, I want to, memorable weird stuff to happen yeah i i want 
personally i want like another greece winner mm. like 2004 like yeah. i don't even know who that team would be but like macedonia oh yeah or like <laughs> wales or someone just like totally wales. like yeah yeah i've i have welsh family so it's like a kind of cheering for them mm-hmm. and like gareth bale is always kind of a nice millionaire i guess um yeah <laughs> but I like really wanted to hate him my entire life because I didn't like his hair. And it's just like, no, he actually seems like a really, really good guy. Yeah. And like he like got like shit on in Madrid so hard. That's like, mm-hmm. okay, now I kind of feel bad for him. Like this whole country hated him pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> so. And Wales just missed out on rejoining the Premier League. So yeah. Yeah. Swansea fucked that up. So, uh, yeah. Well, Wales, hopefully they at least get out of the group stage. That'd be nice for them. Yeah. Well, like, even especially with that weird wild card thing, like, if they could get, yeah. like, somewhere, and, like, there's some, like, fun players, like, Joe Allen, or that are, like, yeah. hold my dear Liverpool uh, fan heart that just, like, of old, any, like, former player, too, that just, like, I just enjoy. Um, yeah. You, you want them to succeed. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it's. It's fun. I think it'll be a fun tournament full of underdog stories and everything and that weird sense of just like watching <laughs> countries participate in this weird pandemic tournament. Yeah. But other than yeah, that, it's kind of fun. Yeah. It's like all over the place. And yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know that they were playing any games. Like I didn't pay attention to the lead up, but it was like, oh, they're playing in Wembley. I was like, what the hell? Like, I know I had no idea where they're playing. Yeah. It's, like, nice for England because they get their home fans, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's move on to the first segment and kind of talk more about why you're here. Um, Grande, could you tell the audience what you're listening to lately? Okay. Um, like, always just so much. But um, I've really, I've this pandemic, I've listened to so much pavement. Like. Oh. So much pavement. I love pavement now. I used to be very kind of like, yeah, I know a couple songs. Cool. Man, pavement is so good. They're always one of those bands that I feel like I always enjoy when I listen to them. And I'm like, yeah, I should listen to them more. And then I don't. So this might force me back into the pavement kind of juice. Like, obviously, Malcolmus is just like an iconic person. Like, Stephen Malcolmus is just like, so cool yeah like just someone that you want to <laughs> idolize for any reason yeah. but i know if i was like 10 years older i'd have had the biggest crush on him but <laughs> just like the indie rock star kind of thing yeah just like cool <laughs> any uh any specific albums you're listening to um, i like bright in the corners i have on vinyl mm-hmm. and i turn it on sometimes when i don't always work from home but when i do and it's just like it's I, I I mean what I like about pavement songs is they're like not really about anything ever like they're just kind of nonsense, um, which is fun, and um, and it's just it just I don't know it keeps my mood up always like I never I never have a bad hour when I throw that album on so right in the corners would probably be the uh, the one. Nice, that's sweet. And like any um, specific track or like just the whole album, you just kind of put the it on the album, background. But um right now and for the past few months uh date with ikea is mm-hmm. is the song that's sort of on loop for me oh uh, sweet yeah is it like are you definitely more of 
like a full album listener or like select songs create a playlist kind of thing i'm a i'm a playlist person i like i'll listen to a full album i like to do that sometimes but i'm definitely more of a throw a few songs on a playlist kind of person do you have like any any set playlists Oh, I have so many playlists. I have the stupidest playlists in the world. I have uh, songs about friendship, which I love. Really proud of that one. Okay. Underrated genre of music. Um, I have, I'm keeping actually a playlist. I'm adding a song once every day um, since my first day of working from home, which was March of 2020. Um, so that's been really fun because it's like a little diary that I can look back on yeah. and be like, oh yeah, I remember that, that era of my life. Um, uh what else do i have i have you know a little like songs to walk to when you're just kind of like feeling sad and Mm want to like walk in the rain um a running playlist obviously yeah and then just like you know current playlists right now i have a summer playlist that i have going that's you know not particularly summery but it's summer so i guess it it counts yeah exactly it's just it's all about the scenario. Um, that's so funny that you talk about the playlist that you just periodically add like a song to every day. Um, I had Julian McKenzie on earlier, the Habs kind of writer. Um, and okay. he, he talked about a playlist. I've actually never heard about it. And it's come up a couple times already like in this short stint of this podcast of people doing kind of a similar thing of just having one massive playlist and, not even changing anything even if your like opinion of music has changed or your taste at all has changed but just like a timeline of what you're really into and i think yeah. he said his went back into like first year of university so it's been like eight Holy years shit. eight years of his so it's like all like kanye graduation like kind of like <laughs> er- that era of like listening like watch the throne and like as he's grown older and like more like into indie or whatever and just like growing that it's like it's such a interesting thing and i feel like i would yeah. that would be kind of useful to, to see and not well, it's, just it's yeah it's fun because it reminds me of like like okay like last summer what did i listen to like all the time and like my friend's doing it for one year of her life mm-hmm. so just like what she listened to when she's 26 which i think is fun um i i think i'm i'd be too embarrassed to keep doing it forever because i look back and be like oh my god i can't believe i liked that you know yeah and like much shame <laughs> and like your tastes change too like so like mine just like vary on the week of like what i'm into like one could be i'm more into hip-hop or one could be like i'm hardcore or whatever like it's just like total just whatever so i feel like it could be yeah. so radically different <laughs> and there are days where i like don't listen to music so i just have to be like oh shit like what 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 did I hear today? And I'll remember like what I heard in the grocery store, and I'm like, okay, I guess that's the song today. Oh, wow. It's the only song I can think of. So yeah. there's some really um, questionable choices online, Just but like, it's fun. Give me a taste of it, please. Um. Okay, hold on. Let me okay. let me open up my my Spotify. Um. Like okay, hold on. Um. There's a um a Jewel song. You you were meant for me by Jewel. Mm-hmm. Um, which do you know Sporkle, like the, the quiz website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so me and my brother were, this was like very early quarantine and I was living at home and uh, my brother and I were playing like the music clip quizzes 
And this clip from that song came on and we we're like, oh, we know this for sure. And we could not place it. And then we checked the answer and we had never heard the song in our life. Um, but it was absolutely one. Um, the Marcus Mumford, You'll Never Walk Alone. I hate Mumford and Sons. Like I, I'm really mean about how much I don't like Mumford and Sons. Um, sorry to my mom who loves them. Oh but, um, but the You'll Never Walk Alone cover by him, because I think I Skyped my friends that day and one of them was like, hey, have you guys heard this? Um, <laughs> was it like uh, making fun of them? Have you heard this? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, there's one, uh, there's two Pitbull songs in a row. I don't know why that happened. Oh, that was um, a good day. Yeah, oof, absolutely. <laughs> my birthday of last year was All Summer Long by Kid Rock because someone at the beach was playing it really loudly and it was the only song I remember listening to. Um, yeah, Miami by Will Smith. I don't know how that got on there. But then also like normal like music that I actually listen to, like right. Charlie Bliss, Rina Sawayama, Britney Spears, Kate Bush. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. Yeah, that's... It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like it would be really useful to kind of just do exactly what you just did and kind of look and just wonder what day it was. Like yeah, what happens. it's fun because some of it all blurs together and there's a couple songs on there where I'm like, I didn't mean to add that song. Like I've never heard that. I must've accidentally done that, but um, it's really fun. Yeah. Do you have like a, a set like time of the day you listen or is it just like whenever you're doing anything, just music is on? Um, if I'm working from home, I'll listen to music often, mm -hmm. not always. Um, and then if I'm not working from home, definitely when I'm commuting um, to and from work, um, and then I often like to throw it on like before bed. But again, that sort of depends on what I'm doing. If I'm watching something, obviously I don't put music on. But if I'm, you know, doing some arts and crafts or uh, playing GeoGuessr or doing some dumb shit on my computer, then yeah. Yeah, that's Evening. sweet. It's, so it's funny that you bring up your arts and crafts. And I actually meant to talk to you about this because I, I love them. I love all the collages and like <laughs> and the the shirt design. Like it did you see that anywhere or was that like an original idea of like making those shirts of like from different magazines, everything? That was just me being bored one day. Um, no, no uh, real planning went into that, but it's just really fun and it's so easy. Like it's really soothing. And because they're small enough that like, they'll never look that good. <laughs> it's really like, like you can't get like maybe some people could i can't get detail down to like actually look like a lion or like an eagle on a shirt so like you just kind of accept that they're little ugly shirts and then they're really really fun to make they're really kind of like relaxing yeah like i i think my favorite one probably i think i remember you tweeting them out was the newcastle one with the brown like yeah. the old like alan sheer brown ale kind of shirts yeah. and like i'm actually like <laughs> Sorry, I'm so excited because no, okay. I ordered I ordered a shirt off of Depop, which I've never done. I, as, I, as I've said, I can't find the wolf shirt that I want. And I can't find any Leeds ones that I want. But I was like, I really just like love that Newcastle one. So I ordered one off of Depop and it arrived today. And it's so fun. Oh, it's yeah. It's so fun. It's such an iconic shirt too. Like just it's in general. so good. Yeah. With the little like the, yeah, the brown ale logo. And it's, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And even, so speaking of owning those two, so the Liverpool one, you did the candy. I have that jersey as well. Oh. So it's it's such a nice jersey also. but uh, Yeah. The candy one is super yeah. good. It's, I, 
it's so funny that it just has written candy on front of it. I know. Just like, it looks so silly. Yeah. <laughs> no. But yeah, it's not as bad as a Chevrolet logo. It's okay. Um, oh, I hate that. I hate it so much. <laughs> like it makes me, it makes me angry. Yeah. It makes me really. Yeah. But it yeah. so stupid. Yeah. It's like shiny, like metallic, but like not really. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Bad. they, so when it came out, even like, and I'm not like the biggest shirt critic, so I just like what I like, I guess, but I feel like they could have just like made a simplified logo, like the shape yeah. and just have it's Chevrolet like written the, under it or something. Like the outline of yeah. the, the cross or whatever, the plus sign, whatever that is. And uh Chevrolet and white, like just kind of like minimalize it almost yeah and like united doesn't have like bad kits ever they're like the no yeah the picnic table they're one classic. from like the carlos tevis era was kind of bad but like <laughs> um yeah, yeah they're just like you can't really mess them up like even i didn't hate like the white one even that they had this year that was like no yeah i liked it yeah, yeah it's like splotchy kind of but yeah anyway shirt design is like honestly it's it could be a whole like separate study of it because i feel like that's honestly one of the best things about soccer is that they change every year and there's like some years are terrible but then it's also like they're it's okay this is gonna this is crazy it's like tying in the podcast like the playlist idea is that you with each shirt you have memories attached to it of that fandom year yeah yeah no, exactly. It's like like the like with hockey, it's like very much like eras where like in soccer they change just frequently enough that it, it does kind of like narrow it down so much more. Which is fun, you know? Yeah, and like sometimes like successful years, like when Liverpool plays second and like the Gerard slip and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I had I got that jersey because I was like, I wanna remember this year. And like mm-hmm. Luis Suarez being like an absolutely an insane madman, um, wow. just like I just want to remember this year, so I got it. And then like I got the one where they won the Champions League in, and obviously and then won the league in. It's just like it's just nice to have just like memories that are like tied yeah. to close, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, where it's like like for me, like I have a hot like a Canucks jersey mm. um, from whatever twenty probably not. 2011 must have been 2011 yeah what am i talking about of course it was 2011 but um uh it like it's like it's essentially the same as a canucks jersey now like it's slightly different material slightly different like styling but like it's essentially the same where it's like 10 years in soccer you'll have like all these different eras and jerseys and sponsors and it's it's you know fun yeah it's it's just perfect. It's a good system, and like it, and it kind of helps the greedy teams too, because then they get more money out of it. So it's a win win. And it and it's fun because all the little teams have these weird little sponsors. Oh. Like, okay, did you see? Um, uh, this is about music, so it's it's very okay, relevant. Uh, mm, it wasn't Nottingham Forest, so it must have been Notts County. Jake oh. Bug, the musician, sponsors them, so their shirts just say Jake Bug. Are you? And serious? it's so funny. I'm like, that's if I was like a famous person rich enough to sponsor my like local team just put your name on it like it's so funny <laughs> okay i have to look i think it's melts county is it oh what's the name nick wait nate bug. jake bug. Oh, jake bug he was like the next big thing mm, in okay. like 2013 kind of nasally indie boy. oh yeah it is Knotts county 
Yeah. Oh my god! It's just his name. It's just his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's I love those like smaller teams where they have the weirdest little sponsors because it's like okay, like I guess. That's so funny. I feel like Slow Tie should like sponsor Northampton or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Like I remember the whole thing about like the video game football manager and like them sponsoring Wimbledon when they needed a, a shirt sponsor. And now yeah. they're like all over the place. They're on like chair sponsors for different clubs, like even in the Premier League and stuff. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's just funny to see all those like different sponsors, even like. The different designs of the kits, like companies that you didn't even know existed, like actually f- making the shirts too. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's a yeah. perfect it's a perfect system that like because it's all independent and like you could have random sponsors. It's so varied. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like the the designs too sometimes and yeah it's just it's just a perfect thing. Oh, it's so fun! It's yeah. so fun. Anyways, let's move on to the the big reason why you're here. Um, Kind of we're staying in the same vein, staying in the same country area. But, uh, Granny, could you tell the audience um, what album you chose to talk about? Um, So I'm going to talk about uh, Different Class by Pulp. Um, It's a perfect, well, I don't know if I call it a perfect album, but it's certainly close. I love it. Yeah, it's definitely a very, a very, very good album and has been critically re- received as that and perceived as that. Um, yeah. But like, what were your, I guess, your first impressions? Like, do you remember your first listen? So like, I think this is like, this is, I thought about that question before I, uh, like, before we started. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't have a good answer to that because <laughs> I've always known common people. Like, it's just one of those songs that like, you just know it. I don't know, I feel like I've known it my whole life. And then it's like, I sort of eased into it where I was like, okay, and then I started, I like Disco 2000 and then I listened, you know, a few others. And then like, I couldn't place the first time I actually listened to it like top to bottom, which goes back to me just not being an album person. Like, it always takes me a little bit of nudging to actually go listen like front to back to an album. Um, And so like, I feel like there's all these songs on it that I sort of missed out on for years i guess because i just was like oh yeah pulp's good i like pulp and then i like actually dove in one day and i don't know when that was but um <laughs> but i'm like oh shit this album's incredible like there's all these songs like common people and disco 2000 that have that kind of like same pop rock fun energy mm-hmm. that i just never knew about and so yeah yeah i, I think like... it's, it's somehow critically acclaimed and yet really underrated you know yeah and especially i feel like pulp doesn't get the same kind of recognition especially in north america i feel like mm-hmm. kind of knowing a little bit more like about them is just like they're so massive and like kind of stabilized in that like brit pop late 90s era of just like being so successful um and then just like kind of just fizzled out here with different class but i feel like especially just the whole album together and kind of just listening to it front to back um it's almost like varied in song to song but then also just like after you're done it it's like okay that's a complete piece of work yeah like it's just yeah. like little hills and valleys of like styles um kind of yeah different styles different kind of areas that they want to explore and then just but once you're done it's kind of yep that was a complete just 
package. I feel like it really, like, I'm not like a Jarvis Cocker scholar or anything, but it really does sort of, like, it's, it's so who he is, like, with this sort of, like, every song is, like, a little bit bullshit, you know? Like, you don't quite believe anything he says, which is fun, like, something changed is like a love song and it's like their only love song ever and it's really nice but it's also like it comes after a song about like a married couple who doesn't have a sex life anymore and you're like okay like, <laughs> what what direction are we going yeah, in here right. yeah. yeah it does have like a like and that's maybe maybe it's the lyrical content that i was just paying attention to but it is very like just segmented different stories like that mm-hmm. are completely you could like treat them by themselves and then like musically it just all ties it together like it's these little snippets yeah. of characters and snippets of like it's a very dramatic album I feel like yes yeah for sure I, I, I think that's super true I think like the narrative of common people like it's so believable that like yeah this one girl didn't want to go on a date with me so I wrote a whole song about how she's a snob it's like okay fair enough like men do that all the time so like you might as well make it a good song yeah. but it's like it's like one of those things where it's like it's it's funny like listening to it and if you don't really pay attention to the lyrics you're like oh this is just a banger and you hear you listen to the lyrics and you're like man like there's even if you thought it was based like on a real thing you're like there's no way there's no way this actually happened like it, it's so like like even like like Disco 2000, same thing. He wrote this song about this girl and it's like, oh, rejection, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it, no, he, in real life, he's friends with Deborah. He, like he's, <laughs> he, they're like just family friends. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like it, I think he really enjoys telling a story. And I think this album really, it tells a lot of stories that are sort of weird and wonderful, but really, really, really fun to listen to. Yeah, that's, it's, yeah it's just almost like this whole idea especially even the it gets reflected in the artwork as well of the album like yeah yeah like that was definitely something that i wanted to talk talk to yeah like it's (laughs) the story yeah so you gasped you can tell you can tell the whole idea of this artwork yeah i it's such a fun story so they this couple wanted um to like save a bunch of money at their wedding and I think the husband's brother um, like knew a bunch of people in the arts. And so he knew someone who was a photographer for like Blur and Pulp and a few other bands. And so he like asked, like, would you do this, my brother's wedding for free? And this guy was like, no, but Pulp wanted to use a wedding in a photo shoot. So we could just like make that happen. So Pulp brought all these cutouts of themselves and posed in this wedding party's photo. And then the wedding party got the rest of their photos done for free. And um, and then it became an album cover and the people didn't know it was gonna happen. So they just like, were like one day like, oh shit, okay, like I guess so. Um, but they weren't mad because they got like wedding photos for free. Yeah. But like they're normal people, like the parents are just like actually the parents of the, like, the bride and groom and stuff. And like years later, um, they were like given free tickets to see Pulp when they reunited. And like, they're just like, yeah, this is really cool. They're really like excited about it still. They think it's just like the coolest thing. And I'm like, that's so sweet, you know, these normal people. Yeah, and I think they said- Common people, if you will. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I think they like mentioned that one time they were walking 
by like a billboard and they were just on it because it was like an advertisement yeah. of for the album they're like oh okay okay <laughs> like, <laughs> and it, yeah it's like in some circumstances that could be super weird but it's like you got your wedding photos taken yeah. for free and they like pulp so i'm like yeah it sounds like a pretty sweet deal yeah honestly and like and even like touching on the different like characters and dramas of the album it's they included in the original um like vinyl copy in the original lp they had different what was it different inserts like double-sided inserts and it basically had a sticker also included it was like choose your own album cover so it was like Mm -hmm. it's very like depending on the track or depending on whatever you want it's an album that can reflect different parts of the world and different parts of this like world that jarvis created um that can be reflected visually in the artwork of the album and not really the set thing that's in stone but the wedding photo did has lasted as like the more monumental kind of yes artwork but yeah yeah i i think like even like the first track misshapes it's one of those Mm -hmm. songs where like if you heard that it's like all about like oh like we're different and we're artsy and we think different and it's like if the rest of the album was boring that would be so like it'd be so embarrassing to me (laughs) um but it's like one of those songs you hear it and you're like yeah you know like the next the next few songs are going to be kind of weird and different and fun and like i mean i like oasis i'm a fan i i get it i get it um and i love blur um but like Pulp's just like it to me. Like I know, obviously, like the chart battle was Oasis versus Blur, but like the like Pulp will always be like the Britpop band to me. There's just there's something so like iconic about them and how weird they are, mm-hmm. while also being a bunch of like very very British people. You know? Yeah. Maybe it's something like culturally that doesn't get translated a lot in North American like acceptance of artists but I feel like in the UK and England specifically it they do like tend to develop and accept more like weird ass people as Mm -hmm. their entertainers like I don't know if it's just like even a recent example of um not too recent, but like Black Midi playing oh, at the yeah. at the Mercury um, Awards. Like yeah. a Canadian band that's in the same genre, an American band that's in the same genre would never have that same like live on BBC or yeah. like live on PBS or whatever, like kind of displaying of them. Like it might be just something right. that has been accepted over there, but... I think it's, I think like the Mercury Prize, which this album, I think won. I think Different Class did win it. Yeah. Um, it's such like a unique and kind of like, to me, like sort of sweet and charming aspect of like, because it's like musicians love to be nominated for that. And it's like, it's a big deal, both like to a musician and also to like just normal people there. And it's like, yeah, it highlights like actually all kinds of music. It's not just like, popular music or not just like indie music it's like actually like the the range of music of that year and it's like it's cool seeing bands like shame or wolf alice or sports team or 
black midi or whatever like kind of having that sort of like gold star attached to them with a nomination um for something that's that's actually recognized around like around the country you know we're like yeah recently the junos have started being a bit more uh, a bit better at recognizing canadian talent but i feel like it's it's taken a while you know yeah yeah it's definitely taken a while to kind of bridge like even even now like bands like pop are like seen as like oh they're accepting the the weird mm-hmm. like yeah the out there kind of music yeah. and it's like pop's huge which is good but yeah. like yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they're great guys but still like it's not like it's not I they're kind of like they, to i mean i don't pay attention to the junos enough to back this statement up but to me like they're like okay we've allowed our weird little rock group in right yeah like <laughs> that's it even in so like not to i hate this part of the podcast where i make it about myself but no, um, that's that's what podcasts are about. yeah yeah exactly um so i have a background in jazz music um oh wow and so even with the juno nominees of jazz like that was always a big thing of like because it's such a tight-knit community of like basically toronto montreal vancouver like that's basically your only jazz centers um little winnipeg whatever um but like that's basically your it's such a tight-knit community so you kind of know everyone that's going to be nominated and you know what it is but the people that tend to get nominated are very like let me play my straight and narrow jazz tunes that are like they are originals but they're not like experimental or like avant-garde or you would say that or like anything like that and even the classical section is more like it's not so much like 20th century music it's more like representing the like 19th century and stuff more so mm-hmm. but i feel yeah. like they do need to like break out their shell a little bit more and like explore especially with how and then this is a common theme on the podcast too of how widely accessible music is now and like yeah you could just discover a small band in your basement because they exactly. put it on Bandcamp now. Exactly. And like they could be from anywhere. That's the other yeah. fun thing. Like I've been listening to a Pip Blom from mm. the Netherlands and they're really good. And it's kind of like, there's no way, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I'd be listening to like some random Dutch band. Maybe, but like probably not until they were super famous you know yeah and it'd be impossible and then they'd have to be famous and then like you would eventually try to get their backlog and you'd have to like order it from a record store and order it and then record store would have to contact the dutch record store or whatever (laughs) like try to get their first record and all this process but yeah (laughs) and you wouldn't have like an easy of access to it too like you wouldn't want to pay money for something that you've never heard before either yeah where it's nice now it's like you can hear one song by a band and be like hey i like that song and then listen to the rest of their stuff and be like hey this isn't for me mm-hmm. and you don't like obviously like you want to support artists like i i feel bad being like that's the best thing about spotify i can just <laughs> ignore them like i feel horrible but like it is so nice that you can like check bands out without like struggling to try to hear them on the radio or like yeah buying an album and then being like hey i actually hate this except for one song you know yeah it's like knocking down the first hurdle but then like yeah all these other hurdles are like still there and still yeah, important that, yeah that was my my resolution because i can't go to concerts anymore i was like okay i'm gonna buy 
albums oh, that I love this year because I was like, I feel bad for all of these artists that I'm just streaming and they're getting me through the pandemic and they're getting pennies for it, you know? Yeah, yeah honestly. Well, um, yeah, it's it's been a time for music and been a time to discover new music. Um, oh, yeah. Anyways, let's move on to the final segment um, of the show. A little recommendation. And Grana, okay. do you have any book, movie, show, article, podcast that you should tell the audience to check out after they listen to this podcast? Um, well, you already heard that I have a podcast, Who Would It Tell the Lone Girls? You should definitely check that out. It actually is um, a very bad podcast, objectively, but uh, we're very proud of it. We just we watch the tutors and then we talk about it. And it's mostly just us saying that we don't think Jonathan Reese Myers is very sexy. But that's our opinion. You can disagree with it and still enjoy the podcast. We have a lot of probably like a lot of, I mean, like three Jonathan Reese Myers fans who disagree with our take on whether or not he's handsome, but they support us. So um, suggestions, though, I feel like I haven't watched anything great recently. I watched a YouTube series of a guy trying to walk across Scotland in a straight line. Oh um which was good but it ended badly he didn't complete it spoilers um but he did he did walk across norway in a straight line so um i'd recommend just if you're ever bored uh his channel is geo wizard he also does like geo guesser streaming which is my like the only game i'm good at ever uh you get dropped somewhere on, a Google, on google maps and then um you have to guess where you are so he's like mm -hmm. an expert at that like I, I just said I was good at it and I'm like nothing. He's incredible. Um, and yeah, he also walks across countries in straight lines. So he tried to do Wales a couple of times. He did Norway, um, which was obviously cold, but yeah. it gets really skinny. So it was doable. So is it like a straight line, like no matter what yeah. is in your his way? Like what if a tree is like perfectly in his way? So I guess I have to watch, to but... Yeah, he's allowed to deviate like 15 meters, basically, just for the sake of like, sometimes there's a tree. Like a, a hole, like what if know? there's a hole? Like, <laughs> yeah, so he, he does a lot of like climbing and jumping and prepping and he has to like have people stash kayaks for him sometimes because like he can't swim there, you know. Yeah. Um, there's some good ones in, in the whales in the whales series where he's like, he just like has to like walk through a farmer's farm and they're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> um in the norway one he walks through like a children's soccer game <laughs> yeah it's really fun it's he's okay. just this weird man uh doing this for no real reason except i think he gets patreon money for it so yeah oh, that's fun that's that's um, content that i would pay for yeah. yeah and then i i am gonna leave you with three uh song suggestions because oh, i'm i'm a runner and i'm always looking for new songs to run to um and these three are three that always make me want to run faster so the first one is uh good for you by olivia rodrigo oh uh, it's so fun yeah, it's... i just think it's so fun uh, yeah. i yeah the, her whole album didn't like really hit with me just because i don't know i it, it it was too a little too you know teen girl breakup which is fine it just didn't didn't work for me mm -hmm. but that song is incredible and um the second one is kutcher by sports team because it just the end of it they just kind of like yell for a bit and it just really 
makes me want to run fast. Mm-hmm. It's like a breakup song, but it's mostly just about Ashton Kutcher. It's sort of a bit like pavement, like it's kind of a nonsense song. Right. And then, uh, Murder on the Dance Floor by Sophie Ellis Bexer, because it's like, that's the song that makes me want to go to a party again. <laughs> it is so good. It's so good. Yeah. So yeah, those are my three running song suggestions. Oh, that's perfect. I I do have to say, like, I do want to get someone on to talk about the Olivia Rodrigo album because I feel like it's such yeah. like a different thing to talk. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not what I expected listening to it all the way through, yeah. and just like and like yeah, I I liked it. Like uh-huh. to be clear, I didn't like it. It just it I haven't gone back to most of the songs, but like it is like it's like like Fearless by Taylor Swift. Like it feels like whoa <laughs> yeah like it's very raw like it's i yeah. i was picturing like a very polished pop record or like something to come out of there or some like you you know what you kind of expect from like yeah. a big yeah. like oh this is backed by a huge record label or whatever um but yeah it was honestly surprising like sounded like someone did it in their room so yeah and like yeah. as someone like i don't i'm not super into like the billy eilish sort of like mumbly pop sort of thing Mm -hmm. so like it was sort of nice like nothing against Billie Eilish like she seems like a nice kid but like it was sort of nice hearing someone be like just make like a Paramore album I was like oh great okay yeah yeah. I'm glad teens still like this too yeah yeah exactly and like even like again like I kind of me too with like I'm not the biggest Billie Eilish fan of her music but kind of the more the process of it like I watched her documentary um, yeah, yeah, that was on Apple Music, Apple TV, and it's just like, it's it's just interesting to see that like it's literally all just her and her brother in her bedroom, and yeah. just like and just a very like stripped down of like oh this is my idea, just bouncing back and forth, and it's very like an organic way of seeing an album yeah. come together rather than like something come just through like processing power kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, those are three great songs to run to i imagine oh they're so fun they always make me well murder on the dance was a good like middle of middle of the middle of the run sort of song right um but the other two were great finishers that's perfect um grania where could people find you and your stuff you can find me on twitter at whole grania and on instagram at whole grania um and um i think that's it i don't know do i have other things I, I I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, and find uh, your uh, soccer craft shirts whenever yeah. you post them. <laughs> yeah, those are on my Instagram. Um, uh, yeah, I have made a couple of reels about the process of those, which I, I hated making. I don't like making reels. <laughs> bad, bad, bad experience. But yeah, there's not a future yeah. uh, influencer. No, 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 definitely, definitely not. <laughs> Um, anyways, you can follow the podcast at big underscore shiny underscore goons. You could follow me at no side retains and you can rate, review, follow, subscribe, uh, do all those things for the podcast. That would really help. And once again, thank you, Grania, so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me.